Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the only show dedicated to the Baldur's Gate franchise. I'm Cameron, and I play Ticklevar the Sorcerer. And I'm Danny, and I play Balthazar the Barbarian. I thought you were going to pivot there. You, you, you want to, maybe next time I'm going to do Balthazar the Barbarian. The Barbarian. Balthazar. <laughs> hey, Balthazar. Hey, is it going to be confusing when, like, all the other Balthazars show up? Not for long. Okay. <laughs> That's good. All right. <laughs> we, uh, last time we talked about the Druid Go... Druid Go... Druid Go... Last time we talked about the Druid Grove. The time before that, we talked about being in the Nautiloid. This time we're talking about looking at the show document. Random stuff. <laughs> well, I believe the official title is Wilderness Miscellany. We don't, I don't, yeah, that's the title of the document. We don't title the episodes. No, we don't. But it's like episode numbers. three of this thing, and it's It literally doubles the work. That's why we don't do it. Yeah, that's true. This is episode 83 of the Mages and Murder Dads project, episode three of Baldur's Gate 3. In case you're only paying attention to that part. Episode 47 of just the Baldur's Gate series. Hey, uh, I want to point something out. Okay. And, and this is not a call out to you, okay? Okay. Like, I know you're going to you're gonna take this wrong. I am going to take it personally, and I'm already trying to talk myself down. Yeah, you need to, you need to start. Let me hear some of that internal monologue, even before okay. we get going. Mm -hmm. No, I want to hear it. What are you saying to yourself? He's accusing I'm, me. He's telling me I need to do more editing in my brain so he doesn't have to do editing at the computer. That's right. That's right. He's angry about the IMF con, con, con comment because they, they sponsor a large portion of our show after Harry and the Hendersons left. That's right. We've got a huge... I Please... I'm trying so hard to get Harry and the Hendersons back. We don't need a political football <laughs> like you are. Or, you know, we don't need this political tire around our neck. Okay. Mm -hmm. For a family friendly brand like Harry and the Hendersons, they just want to know that we're doing the thing we said we're doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that isn't even the criticism I was going to bring up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Here's the criticism. And it's not about you. At the beginning of the show, two episodes ago, mm -hmm. of the season, if you will. That's like a month ago. For them? Yeah. Who knows when it was for us? Mm-hmm. Was it two hours ago? Who knows? It's impossible to know. You said there was a Nautiloid and some Githyanki on some dragons. Yeah. Dragons. You haven't brought up a single dungeon this whole time. You're not wrong. Dungeons and dragons, Danny. So we need to course correct. It's okay. not your fault. Again, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. Although you did schedule this entire season in an in intricate a very convenient fashion, document, yeah. in a very intricate document, a more intricate document than I've made for anything in my entire life. So we, we, uh, we just got to get the ship... Going in the right direction is what I'm saying. Do we need a dungeon? Again, it's not personal. Okay. So fi just fix it, <laughs> and we won't have to talk about it. You, 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 you want I mean, to talk just about... fix it. Ju you... Just <laughs> fix it, and we don't have to talk about it. Overgrown ruins. 
Okay, great. Okay. What's that? Uh, you know what's wild? This is basically probably, uh, probabilistically, the first thing a lot of people do, like right after they get out of the Well, novel. you know, it's a weird, uh, wait, overgrown ruins? I've never, I mean, I've done this. I just didn't know what it was called. Yeah. Uh, it's a really weird thing here because that door mm-hmm. is probably the first real thing you see. Mm-hmm. But you don't go in through that door. Yeah, it's got it's it's locked and it's DCA. You probably haven't picked up a lock pick, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First lock pick you pick up is probably the one near Asterian. Sure. Um, and it's got a super high DC, even if you do have a lock pick. So it's like the game is telling you there's a thing here. Yeah, but not for you. <laughs> not for you. If you don't free Shadowheart, she's actually beating on the door. That's how you would find mm. first find her. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait, the, how did you find her in a bunch of corpses? So yeah, I found her unconscious on the beach, much further away from the door. Right, and I did not disturb her. I left got her there. It. Got it. She. I also uh, last episode I didn't mention it, but it might be brief footage of me of her like trying to talk to me at the Emerald Grove. And you were like, no, thanks. And I was like, no, thank you. She's like trying to do a Rubik's Cube. She's like, she's like trying to, she's got a little puzzle box. And she's like, ah, I, I want to see the delights. <laughs> but she can't. I've heard they have such things to show me. They do such wonderful things. Uh, so, so she's just hanging out there with her puzzle box and you're just ignoring it? Yeah. Okay, interesting. I'm okay. like, you got your thing going on. I'm not interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're different people. Yeah. We all have our own thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, but a lot of folks are going to, and I think that like when I'm just, if I'm like messing around in Baldur's Gate 3, if I wanted to like make a character and see, oh, I wonder how this character is, which Mm -hmm. I did. I, you know, I did that a couple of times with like barbarians. It's like, I'm sure you've done this 40 times. I'm sure you've played the first eight minutes of this like 50 times. Yeah. Um, usually you like sweep up your companions and the last one you pick up is Lazel and then you go straight to the under the overgrown ruins because there's like a little there's a little group of bandits. There's like four bandits like hanging out and they're like and obviously in in like a, a political crisis <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, you got the bandit leader trying to like corral them and get them to like loot the ruins that they're in. Or he's like, oh, well, we got the ruins here, but what? there's there's like that crash thing. I bet there's treasure in this crashed extra dimensional vehicle. Mm-hmm. So how'd you interact with these people? I rolled up on them and I came from kind of the there's a lot of ways to come at it, but I came from like the if you're looking at the door mm-hmm. uh, left side. Okay. From the top. There's a, there's a kind of the, the bottom balcony, and the top. Yeah. Okay, yeah, balcony. I came from the top and I uh basically did a little maneuver where I would uh step out into an open doorway and blast a dude and then um step back away from the doorway and then make them come to me and then I would kill them as they were coming at me. I I basically killed everyone with arrows and blasts. Did as, not even interact. Ticklevar is going to do many times. Gotcha. Yeah. But no talk. Like, there is a way. Like, you can you can persuasion no. check or intimidation check this entire encounter away. They will just oh, I'm sure. go leave. Uh, Balthazar doesn't do that either. Balthazar rolls up to a narrow window on that same side, but just a little bit further down. Mm-hmm. Um, and throws a rock through the window up. 
hitting a rope that is like a giant concrete block is attached to the rope. Yeah, it's a huge mistake. And the giant concrete block. Never stand. This is basic worksite safety, by the way. Yeah. And this is a nightmare. Like that thing where I was berating you earlier, that's, you know, everyone knows that's fake, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Listeners. View a listeners. It's fake. Mm Mm-hmm. This is real. (laughs) Take this serious. If you have a big-ass stone block hanging 14 feet in the air, suspended by Spider-Man's thinnest web, (laughs) don't stand underneath it. Stand anywhere else. Stand anywhere else. Better off standing on top of it than underneath it. And even that's a bad idea. But yeah, I think I just I just throw a dagger at the at the <laughs> at the rope and it just immediately kills yeah. Gimbalbach. <laughs> Great name. Great name for a little leader of a bandit troop. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh and his buddy. And then the the two that are remaining is just like the archer that was on the box that you probably targeted first. And uh, I will say Quailana, which is a Dark Souls ass name if I've ever heard one. Uh, that is, in fact, a Dark Souls name. <laughs> yep. Uh, she's she's like uh, cast in sleep. But the problem is, I think she was the only person left when she cast sleep. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, what do you do? What's mm-hmm. what's happening? We're just run kind away. Of, yeah, we do. she does not run away. Listener, oh, no, she doesn't run oh, away. Oh, no. That's why if you cast sleep and you're the last person left, make him go Betty by and then run away. Yes. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that's Wizard 101. They teach it, you that day one in Wizard School. It truly is. And now you uh, because I is that an invocation. What is that? I think it's an enchantment spell. Oh, it probably is an enchantment spell. Yeah. Let, let me see. Sleep fifth edition. Let's pull it up. Let's make sure. On roll 20. Let's see, it's, it's an enchantment spell. You're right, because you're getting enchanted. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let me go back then. That's the first thing they're teaching you at <laughs> wizard school when you hit level two and become an enchanter. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, So what's interesting is, like, after I collapse that giant rock on those poor fellows' noggins, their corpses are, like, down in a hole. Mm-hmm. And it is an option available to me to, like, jump down the hole. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and and their corpses will be there. There's like a loading screen uh, that, that I got to jump through. I like, like, I like the way you say, and their corpses will be there. And their corpses There's will no be question there. the corpses will be there. Well, the implication is the corpses had to navigate a loading screen, too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I don't do that because I have insider knowledge that it caused a giant ruckus and... All of the other bandits in down there are like gathered around the door. Yeah. Um, so I don't do that. Uh, you can go up to a door and what happens depends on depends on how you interact with the door. If you just attempt to lockpick the door immediately, you can just lockpick it and open it and go in. If you try, if you jiggle the handle, a voice emerges from the other side. Um so already some like pretty mm-hmm. intricate coding in terms of how you're interacting with like what can happen. If if the voice is alerted to your presence, um, you will need to succeed on a check. Otherwise, he will run and like get his buddies. Um, but if you're able yeah. to persuade him and like either persuade him or just lockpick it first and go in there, you, you get to 1v1 a guy before he runs to his bandit pals. Mm-hmm. I said, the, I, Gimbalbox been injured. And he said, oh my gosh, and he unlocked the door and then went in and just um, 
cast knock on his head. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know what? You weren't lying. About what? Gimbelbach. <laughs> yeah, he's actually in trouble. He's been uh, smeared between, uh, <laughs> you know, two separate uh, um, pieces of rock. Old rock, <laughs> new rock have met Gimbelbach in, in the twain. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's another fight in here that's actually like if you do this, you know, first your level, you're probably like level 1.5 to level two. Mm -hmm. this, this could be a tough little encounter with all these bandits. Uh, there's like, you know, it's the classic Baldur's Gate, you know, opposing adventuring party fight. You know, they've mm -hmm. got they've yeah. got they've got some rangers. They've got a they got a barbarian with them. They've got a, a, a magic user of some kind that can cast some stuff. Um, and the 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 arena of the fight can kind of change depending on all of these factors. Mm -hmm. um, you can also like if, if no one gets alerted, they'll just be in the final chamber of this of this kind of little level and complex. And you can like full on Metal Gear Solid them. Um, that is like an option available to you, but I imagine Ticklevar. What, what does it mean to Metal Gear Solid? So you can, if you have a stealth character and you go yeah. down into the chamber with them, and there are mm -hmm. like five of them, they are all patrolling, right? And, the, and you, when you're crouched oh. and you're stealth, they have a cone yeah. of vision. Uh, and I have played it with a stealth character where I just would like stealth down there and make sure I'm not in a stealth uh, position and then like sneak attack one and kill them mm -hmm. and the rest are not alerted and you can do that one at a time. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of like fought them in the doorway there. Yeah, and, just bottlenecked uh, them classic. Well, they, and it's like really set up. There's It's good level design because there's like an explosive barrel in there. And, mm -hmm. You know, you can kind of and you can like, yeah, the and the door won't close again. It'll open, but it won't close. So you like when you're committed, you can't like play tricks with the door, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, good old classic fight. A plus. Yeah. There is a hidden. There are several uh, little buttons in this overgrown ruins that you'll you'll see a little indication on your uh, <laughs> on your screen. It's like, oh, you succeeded in a perception check and, and, and it'll highlight this button. Um, I do not believe a perception check actually happened. I remember the early access. I remember taking a solo character with no perception, right, mm -hmm. down into the overgrown ruins. And I remember just not seeing a button. And I was like, well, I guess my time in the overgrown ruins have ended. I think that for this tutorial area, they have basically made you auto succeed on at least two features down here. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know what? Good. I don't think like there's already enough content you can miss. Why would you roll the dice on, on people not uh, seeing this stuff, especially because in the next area, there is a fight with some skeletons. Mm -hmm. Pretty neat little fight. They're actually like they're all shooting frost rays at you. It can like definitely mess up your day. You're really uh, wait. We need to talk about the, the transition to this little zone. Sure. You go in here, so like they're in like the top level of the ruins, and it looks like like a bunkhouse almost, right? Like yeah, that's where it, these adventurers are. It looks like a bunkhouse. It used to be a, a place of worship of some kind, but they're mm -hmm. the plaques are all corroded, and you can't read them. But the place of worship thing, it's like that was five owners ago. Yeah, you know what I mean, a, a, like, original it used to owner. be a you know like a Baptist church, but then there was like a like laser tag was in here for a Craft little while. Brewery. 
Right. And, but they, and they still got the pews, you know, because everyone's mm-hmm. thought that was cool. So it's that kind of vibe, right? Mm-hmm. But then you get down there and you got to like do a, per, yeah, this per, perception check you're talking about. And then you're like going behind the altar and going down some stairs. And then you're if in you If you crypt. go behind an altar in a video game <laughs> yeah. and stairs appear, you're in it. Yeah. You're gaming. You're gaming. This is fantasy gaming. Mm-hmm. But then you go down there and there you can kind of go to the right, go to the left, go to the right. There's like a trapped ass room with a key in it. You and you get that stuff and you go to the left. But but now it's not like, oh, you know, this is the church basement where like the laser tag didn't touch this. Right. No. Craft Brewery didn't store anything down here. This is just church stuff. Right. Yeah. This is Jack Torrance asking for some bebop. Right. Like no one's been down here in a while. Yeah. And there there are a lot of skeletons on the ground. You can loot their weapons. Mm hmm. And when they inevitably animate, they just don't have weapons now. There is a uh, big statue of a fella. Yeah. Now, you and I, because we are we're we're uh, realms pilled. Mm-hmm. I think we knew who this was immediately. Yeah, because of that big old that list. He's got the naughty or nice list. He does. <laughs> uh, he's the kind of guy who loves playing games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've read I've read some Baldur's Gate one and two lore about this fella. We're mm-hmm. not going to spoil it because that's like part of the fun. But if you are someone who was like up to date with your realms lore, you know, if you got if you got if you roll in a, a nat twenty on that history check all the time, you can probably figure this out. And like, I think from the vantage of having played the whole game, like a lot of the stuff that happens in the game is a little bit more clear with this. In the old noodle. Well, one you of know? your characters can succeed on a lore mm-hmm. check uh, in front of that statue, and they'll say who it is. Oh, really? Yes. Well, who is it? It's Jorgle. Jurgle. Jurgle. Yeah. This is a Kaga. Kaga. You call it yourself. Jurgle. 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 But yeah. Uh, you can find a list. Oh, so Jurgle is like the scribe of the dead, right? He was the... Lord OG, of the Dead. OG yes. Lord of the Dead. He was OG Lord of the Dead. Three adventurers, Bane, Ball, and Merkul, storm the Nine Hells to, to or wherever the hell he lives. I actually, don't. It's not the Nine Hells. He lives somewhere else. Anyway, they, they went to his house and they were like, we want to like do the thing you do. And he like had him play bones and shit. He had him <laughs> do all kinds of like wild and kooky games. Some real German film stuff. A hundred percent. Some real, like, you, you ever seen the seventh seal? Yeah. <laughs> this is the dead three. Bazoong. Take that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they did all that stuff, you know, and some some other shit you could have read 15 years ago if you were a teenager and you were bored. Uh, and uh, that so that he's like an old guy, not a new guy. They're the yeah. newer guys. But notably, you can find a list. Did you see this? Did you do this? So I did find a book and I tried to open it and I couldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't let you? So I tried to like, I, I did an arcana check, which I've got eight yeah. intelligence and no okay. expertise. So that failed. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's there's a solid an negative option. one. Yeah, there's there's a um, there's a check of like, oh, force it open. I'm like, that's good. I've got a 16 in strength. I can smash yeah, I can this. Uh, and I punch it and I roll low. So I just like hurt my hand. Oh, well, I used my ensorcelment. I was able to use my sorcerer capability and like zap it with my blood powers. That's handy. With my like fantasy eugenic capabilities. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so I blitz that bad boy open and it's like, oh, it's a list of dead gods straight up. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it is. It's just a list of all of the dead gods that exist. And there's get this. There's three names at the end of that thing. They've been scratched out. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. The comedic anyway, of three. I think I'm going to forget about that for the next 50 hours. Sure. Or so, yeah, I'm just not going to think that. about that too much for the next 50 or so hours. I bet it'll come back, though. Yeah. Anyway, what'd you do here? So uh, then you hit a little button and that raised the Skellingtons. Am I not correct? Yeah, that raises the yeah. Skellingtons and Balthazar proceeds to sit in a little alcove. Mm hmm. And they come at him one at a time, and he smashes them. Yep. Same. Yeah. Fun. The key thing is don't cast fog cloud or some other kind of, like, uh, you know, hazard at the entrance. Because the yeah. AI will be like, well, I don't have to do that. Yeah, it's interesting how that happens. <laughs> it's interesting that they know some of that stuff that it is. maybe, it maybe is. not everyone knows. Well, do you know what they say about AI? It's, it's, it's really, it's something. Yeah, mm -hmm. it can think. That's what they're talking about, by the way. Like when, when uh, you know, our techno overlords are like panicking about the singularity. They're just looking at Baldur's Gate 3 and going, oh, my God, the skeleton doesn't go into the fog. I'm being owned. <laughs> I'm be it. I can't believe what's happening in front of my eyes. <laughs> it sees the it must have an internal model of reality. <laughs> It must be able to think about its lungs. <laughs> if it doesn't go into the fog. That's how you sound. It is. Techno overlords. It's true. That's how you sound. Jeff? I touched, uh, I touched a sarcophagus in the crypts. Elmo? This is how you sound. <laughs> yeah? What came out of it? A guy with weird questions. He's cool. <laughs> He's like, hey, remember that other game? <laughs> I've heard you like talking about the games beyond Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah, he uh this 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 fella comes out, this uh old skeletonized guy. He's got nothing to do with all the other stuff we just talked about, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's an unrelated guy. Unrelated guy. He comes out and he's like, hey, uh, what's the measure of a man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is the what is the worth of a single mortal soul? Yeah. Uh, no answer. I got. I had no answer for him. What'd you tell? Oh, me? you just you just ref you can't you can refuse to answer. I didn't refuse. I was just like I don't know. Oh, you were just like you played. I was like twelve. Twelve is it twelve? That's what Ticklevar said. Yeah. So it was That's not plead the fifth. Get wrong. Yeah. Gotcha. I just, I just beefed it. What'd you go with? Um. So he's he. I think the the specific ask is what is. The worth of a single mortal's life. So not soul, life. He says, what can change the nature of a man? Um, and the, your first answer can be like, wait, wh why are you asking me? And he'll just be like, it doesn't matter. You need to answer the question. I'm just like, I'm, I'm straight up asking mm. you, what what's the deal? Um, and Balthazar, you got a, you got a lot of answers here that you, that you mm -hmm. can use. Um, and... Uh, I just say they, they live to die. There's no other point other than dying. Wow. You and Lena Del Rey. Whoa. I say mortals live to die to be slaughtered. Cool. 
Mm-hmm. And he says, well, he's satisfied and he will see me later. And we're going to see him later <laughs> in this episode. Mm-hmm. He I'll walks away. check you out later, bro. I do like, did you try to talk to him when he like, because he's like, hey, I'll see you later. And then he like leaves, you know? Well, he walks uh, away, but he does he, comment right. about like the state of affairs in, in this in this crypt. Well, yeah, he's like, it's dirty in here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when he's walking away, did you talk to him again? No. If you try to talk to him again, he'll like, tur- if you click on him, right? He'll turn mm-hmm. around and he'll go, because um, you can be like, when will I see you again? And he was like, I don't know. It's sometime soon. And then if you click on him again, he says something like, um, I don't know when the next time we'll meet will be, but I promise you it gets longer every time you bother me. <laughs> and something like that. That's good. It's basically the zug zug of, of Magic the Gathering. But, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's fun. Not magic of... of uh, I'm getting my, my wires crossed here. Yeah. Of uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the overgrown ruins. Our reward is uh, a, a chat with a with weird, shriveled up zombie skeleton mm-hmm. man. And mm-hmm. uh, there's some stuff in the sarcophagus. There's like an amulet that lets you speak to the dead. I don't think I ever used that in the game. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's in my inventory right now, but I have yet to use it. There's some like there's definitely some weird shortcuts you can use with speak for to the dead um mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah you gotta the dead won't speak to the one who killed them so that's Which is a huge cop out because uh <laughs> and i understand why they do that because they would have to just like record cursing for every yeah. possible character yeah but that would be good mm-hmm. <laughs> f you the corpse really lets you have it mm-hmm. i can't do the narrate the, the let me <clears throat> let me try to do it uh this is the narrator for the game I haven't practiced this. The corpse really lets you have it. There you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it in one. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the first dungeon. Enjoyable. I did that pretty early, uh, and uh, you know, level two probably. So, mm-hmm. but over this episode, we're going to because like I think for you, you did a lot of this stuff before the main plot, but for me, I had to kind of like pick and choose what I did and move around. So I am like well into level four kind of like at the end mm-hmm. of this content uh yeah. what do you so you know level four you've got some there's like some new stuff mechanically happening you probably end up talking you know may, maybe uh you probably end up um choosing some subclasses or whatever but i guess before we you know there's a there's a major character we need to talk about before we talk about people's builds so you can talk about this person's build there's you, you've mentioned this name several times carlac Right. Carlac is a is she a tiefling or is she, she is. just like a straight up devil? She's a tiefling. It is confirmed. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I just I can't ever remember. Um, She's a tiefling barbarian. She is kind of at the she's mid map north, I guess. She's is very the, far away from all mm-hmm. of the other companions. You got to like yeah. really hoof it to because to she's got like a little quest associated with getting her basically yeah none of the rest do like they're kind of freebies right uh, mm-hmm. at least of the ones we've talked about so far but she's got a little quest associated with her um the you can like go down there's a kind of a central valley that runs through the middle of the map you can go down that valley and then hop across the river to get to her very quickly so that's mm-hmm. what i did like at the very beginning of the game because i wanted uh I did in my first playthrough. I did not play with Carlac at all, even a little bit. And I thought this time I want to play with Carlac. So I got her, and she's like, "Oh, I've been beat up by all these like 
paladins over there. And I was like, why are paladins? She's like, they're not real paladins. They're fake paladins. Oh, fake paladins. Mm -hmm. She's like, I have been in service to, um, what's the thing's name? What's the big bad devil's name? Zariel. Zariel. Zeriel, who, of course, was once an archangel who had been sent to monitor Avernus and the devils and and monitoring the thing became too close to it. And so then, therefore, became an archdevil that oversees the battle between the devils and the demons uh, at the mouth of the abyss and also the um, Avernus layer of hell that where they border each other. Mm-hmm. That's the lore dump for you. Zeriel looks cool. Kind of looks like Desolation Angel from Magic the Gathering's Ravnica block. Zero, but but looks. looks cool, but mean. Oh yeah, bad. Worse, worse devil. than gets Yankee. Oh yeah, devil. Mm-hmm. No good. No Ontologically, good. in it, every atom, evil. Yeah. So anyway, Carlac's on the run because Carlac is a tiefling who was conscripted into the Blood War under Zeriel and had her organs including her heart, replaced by, like, devil shit. And so she's like... Infernal machinations, like, infernal gadgets. Yeah, so she's kind of like a steampunk infernal weirdo. Uh, But she's kind of like... She's a big, tall barbarian. She's got a good personality. You know, she's always down to have a good time. She's hooting and hollering a lot. She gets jazzed up. So it's all fun. So I wanted to have her on the party. Yeah. Uh, alongside all these like jackass rude people who are tricking you and being mean and all this kind of stuff and being duplicitous about their thing. Carlac is just she's got one thing and she's very clear about it. Right. Yeah. I think that in the interview that you recently linked to me. Uh, yeah. There was a big IGN interview with the writers um, of Baldur's Gate 3 that was about the companion specifically. And they refer to her as the Labrador. Yeah. That's apparently what the the fandom refers to Mm. guys i don't care for that i don't like Mm -hmm. but yeah this is the first like actual hey i'm i'm happy i'm like a happy person that's my disposition i'm being oppressed and once we get rid of that i'll be even more happy yeah and so i'm probably level i'm level three at this point sure So i've done i've done you know some random stuff here there i've done the blighted village or not the blighted village Uh, no i have done the blighted village at this point we're about to talk about that in just a minute yeah done the overgrown ruins um, and I'm doing kind of like what you're doing, right? Which is like act one in the wilderness section of just random stuff. You're kind of like scooting around, just looking for easy XP to get to basically level four. It, it's hard to do a lot of stuff before level four. It gets way easier to do a lot of things after level four. It gets way easier to do a lot of things after level five. Yes. Um, so, so really I'm like just really scamping looking for that level five XP and Carlac's a big part of that. Cause I was like, okay, she has this quest. And you can go talk to... So I'm level three, and I say, I'm going to go talk to those paladins, right? Mm-hmm. Get Carlac in a party, walk on up to the paladins. They stomp my shit into the dirt. <laughs> I get, like, the the lead... Pa- so you can talk to them, and he's like, I'm a, I'm a paladin, don't hurt me. There's maybe four of them, three of them, four of them. They're like, don't hurt me, I'm a paladin, that devil's been beating me up. And Carlac says, nuh-uh, you're the devil. And you can basically turn on Carlac and believe the the baddies. Or you can keep pushing and be like, I don't think you're real paladin. I don't think you're real paladin. And eventually they say, okay, we're not real paladin. We're fake paladin. But yeah, that dude, like, turn one of combat, lead paladin, just starts, like, 
jumping up and down with doing a full body slam with a great sword, one shotting my whole party. Yeah, it's a so plus one great sword. It's look. I up until I'm at the end of Act One. I've completed Act One at the moment we're recording this. Up until like maybe three hours before the end of it, I was still using it for one of my characters. It's just really good. It's got yeah. like a damage boosty to it. You get like plus one d six radiant damage or some shit. It's uh well you, you there's like uh you can you cast shield. If you're, yes, if you're I mean you get some it. additional stuff. There's also yeah. just like a straight damage boost to it. Yeah, it's it's just a good sword, and he's like a full level four paladin, and with yeah. all of the attended attendant abilities, and it's a it's a really tough fight. That fight was not tough for me, but I did things very differently. Well, it was not tough for me after I went and got the level and came back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just once, like, once we were like w- once we were equal level, it was trivial. Yeah. So. Um, but so I did go and I went and did some of the other stuff we're about to talk about. Yeah. Got that extra level, came back. Um, uh, I, but yeah, you beat him up and you just realized, ju- ju- just to close the loop on mm-hmm. it, you beat him up and uh, yeah, they were devils. And uh, you can like go to the basement of the thing. You can find that there was like a Zinterim cash house down there and you can get a bunch of money from it. Yeah, there is some cool stuff. And you also see like the toll collector. They killed him. <laughs> they, oh, killed yeah, the, they killed the, the toll, toll collector, collector down there. For sure. Um, the basement. So when I was in... The Emerald Grove. I no. recruited Will. Will told me, hey, I want to join your squad. And I said, well, you can't travel with me, but go to camp. Yeah. So Will chills out in camp. Mm-hmm. Will tells me he's looking for a one-horned devil. You know, that's like, you know, he's an adventurer, yeah. whatever. And I'm like, well, I okay. kill devils. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hang out. I kill there. everything. I'm Balthazar. I'm Balthazar. I travel up to the toll house. I, I, I talk to the paladins first. They said, hey, we... Are trying to hunt this devil. This devil like killed a bunch of people. This this devil beat our asses. Um, and uh, I'll give you this sword. I'll give you this sweet sword if you bring me that devil's head. Oh, and I say okay. That's a, that's an interesting offer. I'll, I'll take a look. So I go down to the beach and I see Carlac on the other side of the stream. So I hit the camp button mm-hmm. and I. Go to Will and I and I like get Will in the party and I do like, this hey, solely. Dude, hey, dude, I know your one thing you care. Your one thing, yeah, the one thing you care about. I pop Will into the party just because I I want him to be around for this. I go and talk to the Tiefling. Tiefling starts like powering up like Goku. There's like flames around her. She's like ah, and I and 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 you know Will's like oh man that's that's devil flame right there. I know it. I know that's that's my devil. One horn, infernal flames. She's it. And I say, yeah, you're going to die. And she's <laughs> and there comes a point where, like, the decision has been made and Carlac, like, almost as if to tell the player, hey, you might want to reload. Carlac says, really? yeah, Carlac says, man, I, th- I could have really used a friend, but I guess it's going to be this instead. And then we go to combat. I kill Carlac. I, I bop her on the head. I, go, I The problem is I won initiative. I went into rage first, right? Right. Um, I kill Carlac. I uh, immediately, Will gets second thoughts. <laughs> he gets cold feet on the whole deal. He's like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't, you know, she was saying she was a tiefling and not a devil. And, oh, she said she was like forcefully recruited and that she escaped. Uh, I don't, I don't know about this. And I said, dude, Will is obviously a devil. You, you said yourself that it smelled like devil's devil fire. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I did smell devil fire. It was definitely her. It was fine. Yeah, she's bad. So I go over. I cut Carlac's head off. There's like a little cutscene of me. There's a cutscene. There's a cutscene of me cutting Marrying it off. And you scamps. And then I raise it now, up. Is and- any of this? Is any of this? Um, uh, what do you call it? dark? Whatever it's called, dark presence. That's this isn't this. even dark urge stuff. Dark this urge. is just stuff that anybody could do. Okay, interesting. Uh, so there's a great screenshot I sent you of me in Lazel's armor holding <laughs> Carlac's yeah. head. Yeah, that does. There is some more context to that than yeah. you gave me at the time. So I, I think pop. the message you sent me with that was just, I'm gaming. I'm gaming. <laughs> um, so I pop Will back to camp. I say, yeah, stay here. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come back this evening. So I, I whistle my way back to the toll house with Carlac's head, hand it over to the paladin. Paladin's like, oh, man, this, this sword's the most valuable thing I own. But here you go. I take the sword and I, he, he is unarmed and I kill him. Oh. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a sword anymore. He's just punching. He's not very tough if he's just Damn. punching. Damn. He he definitely wasn't. He didn't think that was going to happen. No, he didn't think that was going to happen. Then I uh, head back to camp and I, I like long rest. And immediately when I uh, long rest, uh, Mizora, Will's patron, shows up and he's like, you did a great job and gives Will an amazing piece of armor, like a piece of armor that is like a end of act two caliber piece of armor it has like um a higher level spell than anything he could cast that's like fire shield basically um and it almost made me be like man i would love to do a playthrough and just see how the rest of act one is with that damn with that damn piece of armor but we'll like feel sad it's like "Mm." and i leave him in my camp for now because i got plans for will when we get to the underdark but i'll leave it there what does that mean well, you're going to find out. Plans for him in the Underdark. Yeah. Plans. Huh. So, yeah, that's how uh, we, we tackled Tollhouse. So what's like, uh, so you got Carlac now. What's the, what builds are you working with? Like, how does your, how does combat work? What do people do? <sighs> what do people do? I got Carlac. I got Lazel. I got Shadowheart. I got Ticklevar. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that everyone does is have a bad attitude. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a, that's our number one thing in the party. Uh, combat wise, we got uh, Lazel's got a plus one. I think somewhere around here gets a plus one longbow. Mm-hmm. So Lazel can actually kind of of take some stuff from afar, which is mm. kind of a big deal. Generally, what we what we're doing in, in any given combat encounter is depending on how far away. If we're if we're not in melee range. Lazel's going to open it up, going to fire an arrow, get somebody. If they're in a group, Ticklevar is going to follow that up with, because uh, Sorcerer, right? So the way Sorcerers work is you have a limited spell list, but you have um, spell slots you can use with them, right? So you can mm-hmm. cast anything you want. You don't have to prepare individual spells. You can cast anything you want, but from a, a smaller list, basically. Yeah. So he's got the, you know, the good stuff. Um thunder wave yeah thunder wave because you get you get like thunder and lightning stuff just from your kind of subclass for for kind of not at this point oh okay i think it's level five when gotcha i got some of that stuff um maybe i did maybe i did get thunder wave from that but i got like a big chunk of stuff like oh yeah um i got like ice ice storm (laughs) for Mm -hmm. at one point 
Um, but uh, but so it, you know, if it's groups of stuff, we got um, uh, we got shatter, right? We, we got mm. these other uh, kind of small AOE spells. Um, Carlac's gonna uh gonna rage out and just start swinging. Mm-hmm. Gonna do what is it called? Reckless smash or something reckless What's attack it? where you just attack for advantage and uh yeah. in the only trade-off is that everybody gets to attack you for advantage but you have damage resistance while you're raging yeah so she is getting advantage and like can basically hit anything ever and then shadow heart just stands behind her and heals her okay uh occasionally shadow heart's gotta like do some melee combat herself she's pretty good at it uh i she's always got the best heavy armor the best shield uh, mm-hmm. the best mace i can do right but so she's like armored up, uh, and uh, I eventually, somewhere around in here, after getting Withers, Withers in the camp, we'll talk about the camp, I guess, broadly in just a minute, but uh, I respect her from being trickster priest kit to life priest, life mm-hmm. cleric, to just get all the healing benefit stuff there. Like, it, it goes from like, oh, kind of being okay to being like, whoa, holy shit. Right. Like, yeah, because there's several like channel divinities and like other abilities yeah. that the trickster has that just unless you're really leaning into a stealth party, just doesn't get used if for the trickster cleric in my experience. Yeah, not even a little bit. Uh, as opposed to one of the channel divinities for, um, uh, for Shadowheart at this point, just heals everyone for 15 hit points in a mm. huge radius, and that's like pretty good. That's too good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like just pretty solid. So what uh, um, what subclasses did you go with Lazel and um and uh, Carlac? Lazel is a it's the one with superior superiority champion maybe the Battlemaster. Battlemaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battlemaster with just some like of the utility abilities like the trip attack and then the push attack. Uh, Battlemaster basically has the ability to get certain attacks that use superiority die. And those superiority die do various things. So yeah, it's a uh, it's an additional resource that you can spend and to like achieve attacks, yeah to achieve like other effects. That's it's like overall, I think that's kind of like mm-hmm. it feels like the default fighter. The champion mm-hmm. fighter is the one of like I don't want an additional mechanic and I just want like passive benefits basically. Right. Right. And the uh, arcane like the eldritch knight is a little mm-hmm. bit of like spellcasty stuff mm-hmm. and i so, played my original playthrough with an eldritch knight yeah perhaps one of the worst classes that exists but yeah i did I, it I, <laughs> um and what about carlac oh I, but i do want to say for lazel yeah for doing the battle master stuff i i went with those utility ones so i could kind of move things around and set things up for carlac ah uh, maybe for, maybe put tripping them prone perhaps yeah, so tripping, pushing, that kind of thing, right? Gotcha. And it still does a huge amount of damage, right? It's like it's a normal attack, but it does move some stuff around. And I, I found that to be pretty. And also, just like straight up, there are so many in, uh, combat encounters in this game that's like on an infinite void and precipice, and sometimes Lazel just kicks people off of a cliff. Yeah. Um, and uh, having that in the attack and then also the bonus action is just a pretty useful thing. Yeah. Carlac, I've got Carlac started out as aspects. So barbarians get kind of aspects to them. They have different kinds of rage. I started with the Raven, which seemed pretty cool. It meant that she could move around in combat without uh, incurring opportunity attacks. 
and had a special attack that if she was raging, as long as she could jump and attack someone from above. The eagle. Oh, is that the eagle then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's Mm -hmm. like a bunch of them. I can't remember exactly which one. And that just, I had that for maybe like a couple hours and it just never came up. Yeah. So I ended up moving to the bear, which is just a little bit more of a um, well-rounded one, right? So uh, it gives you a heal. It gives you a heal, and I think the most important thing is your rage, instead of just giving you resistance to physical damage, it gives you resistance to all damage but psychic damage. Yeah. And so it was just like a straight-up, you know, baseline benefit. A little less exciting, but... Yeah, a little less exciting. I think a lot of people think that the bear is, like, the meta choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I started out with Balthazar uh, when I hit level 3, and I could select a subclass... I initially went uh, Tiger, Aspect of mm-hmm. the Tiger. Aspect yep. of the Tiger gives you, like, any attack can be a cleave that hits up to three characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it does half damage, but it can apply bleed. Um, and mostly I chose that because if you're solo, you really need to, like, maximize your action economy and be able to, like, yeah. hit multiple things. So that was good. Mm-hmm. But once I hit four and I was able to, like, choose either an ability score increase or a feet i respect around a particular feat now now i am going to guess that you have a tendency to choose the ability score increases because those are like one and done and you make your primary like attack number go up is that am i is my guess correct have you i've have done you it gone? for some characters but mm-hmm. not for all of them yeah i I'm blanking on the feet that I've taken for some of them. Some of them I've taken the utility ones for better combat stuff. I'm just blanking on what those are right now. Sure. Like uh, maybe increase alert is increased initiative. Um, That's one. Um, That's not one I took. Got some armor feats. We got some like dual wielding feats. Nope. I didn't take Mm -hmm. any of those. I have taken some that are not ability increases, but, but uh, for the most part, I've just taken the people because a lot of the, um, Companion characters, they have the uneven ones, so you can take one ability update and then get two things to get an additional plus one. That's a pretty good use of your time yeah. effort. Um, oh, uh, probably another one you might be interested in with somebody is the Warcaster, which like lets you mm. succeed on concentration. Those. Well, one of these feats is better than any of them. Do you know what the best feat in, the, in this game is? No. It's uh, Tavern Brawler. The improvised weapon one? Yeah. Do you know the text of Tavern Brawl? I'm gonna I'm gonna read you part of it and then I want you okay. to like Okay. Read it to me. Alright. I dare you, read it to me. You're not reading it to me. I am reading it now. <clears throat> okay. Tavern Brawler. Yeah. So the first there are three bullet points. The first bullet point is you can increase your strength or constitution by one. Yep. So a lot of these feats are like half of an ability Mm -hmm. score increase. So this is like, okay, you get, uh, okay. So already I like those because it it does let you convert a 17 to an 18, which is Mm -hmm. something Balthazar was able to do. So that's great. Second bullet point. When you make an unarmed attack, use an improvised weapon or throw something, your strength modifier is added twice to the damage and attack rolls. Oh, so if you've got a plus four, you're adding plus eight to damage and attack. And 
That's pretty Im- good. Importantly, to attack. Yeah, that's pretty good. Damage is one thing. There's another uh, feat here that is like, it's kind of a very popular build called Great Weapon Fighter, mm-hmm. where you're able to like voluntarily take negative five to your attack, but you add 10 damage. Uh-huh. Right. And that's like a popular thing to do, especially with barbarians, because you have uh, you can get advantage on all of your attacks. Right. So negative mm-hmm. five to your attack doesn't really hurt that much when you're reckless attacking. So it's just mm-hmm. like a free 10 damage, which is going to be really big. Yep. But plus eight to attack. Very quickly, like fundamentally, this is not the text in the fifth edition rule set. That starts getting real good because I would think the AC for even the biggest, baddest characters is probably like 26. Sure. So let's think through, you know, you might have a proficiency modifier of three. Yep. You've got your strength modifier of four. You've got your mm-hmm. tavern tavern brawler edition of like another four. And mm-hmm. then maybe you get a plus one weapon. Yeah. So you're halfway we're into there. Like, you just we're into like 10. plus 13. Yeah. That's really good. It's really good, and you're getting damage added twice. So you're also, it's like, whatever you roll with that unarmed, improvised, and thrown attack mm-hmm. is going to get plus eight to it. And that's just at level four. So I took Tavern Brawler, and then I respect uh, my subclass to Berserker Barbarian. Now, Berserker Barbarian is really interesting in 5th edition because the big drawback to its benefits is that every time you go into your your super rage, which I'll kind of detail what that entails in a moment, you accrue a point of fatigue, of exhaustion, mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. it's called in 5th edition. Exhaustion is something that I've, I've like interacted with before, and it's like it's really leaning into like some resource management stuff in D&D. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like you can't rest well. It starts like there's this accumulative effect when you like accrue points of exhaustion. Points of exhaustion were never implemented in Baldur's Gate 3. So in lieu of that, the way Berserker works is that you get you get to make an extra attack with your bonus action. But whenever you make a melee attack with your bonus action, you're like frenzied strike or what have you. You take a cumulative negative one to future attack rolls, right? Okay. But for whatever reason, if you choose to throw something with that bonus action, (laughs) it does not incur that negative one penalty. Because you're not taking an attack. Yeah. You're taking a standard throw. Yeah, you're taking a throw, and it's actually better than a standard throw. The enraged throw has like a little bit, like a, a small damage modifier, and if you hit... If that enemy is capable of being put on its ass and sent prone, it will. Hmm. Which means starting at level four, Balthazar, if he's carrying javelins, he's able to, with his (laughs) regular old action, throw javelin. Right. It's got a plus eight, plus eight, nine, ten, eleven attack to attack. Right. Then he's using his bonus action. To throw another javelin, and if that javelin hits, it's doing the same damage, if not more, and it's sending the enemy prone. <laughs> Momentary, like all Balthazar has to do is go to the goblin camp. There's a there's a uh, vendor there. Uh-huh. He sells the returning pike. Oh, cool! And that is a plus one pike that you can throw, and it will return back to your hand. 
Yeah. So yeah, that is, I will use that for the next two acts. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fun. So did you discover this on your own? Did you do a little digging? So I knew about how strong throwing was because the mm-hmm. one of the first things I did when I... Uh, I haven't watched any of this footage yet. Now I'm deeply <laughs> curious about it. About what this looks like. Yeah. Um, this is something that I experimented with very early on because I I, I thought it was a bug first mm-hmm. that it frenzied throw did not incur that stacking negative one, the strain mm-hmm. condition. And I was like, they're going to fix this. They have patched this game five times, five major patches, many mm-hmm. countless hot fixes. Mm-hmm. They have like edited some stuff about Tavern Brawler. They have not changed this, so I can only imagine it is it is intended. I don't think you can call it a bug, but I can call it busted because it fundamentally <laughs> breaks what's called like the concept of bounded accuracy. This idea that when you mm-hmm. do stuff right. in D&D, your success rate should be somewhere in between 40 and 60 percent. Right. right. And I am if I have high ground advantage, I am like, yeah, I miss on a one on my D20 roll. But when I miss in this with this build, I'm like looking at the screen like something's wrong. <laughs> like that is how high I was like 90 to 95 percent on, on this. Who's, who's doing this to me? Yeah, what is what is going on? Um, but, you know, since I played early access, this is like a known build. This is like a known way to solo honor mode, like the highest mm. difficulty mode. Um, and I certainly availed myself of like all of the resources on like these are the pieces of equipment you need to select or you need to find right in in mm-hmm. the game. And like most 90 percent of the equipment that supports this ring of flinging sold by the same guy that does the missile snatching uh, gloves plus one D four to throne damage. Right. Later in the Underdark, I'm going to get a pair of gloves by rescuing a dwarf. It's going to be another plus 1d4 to thrown weapon damage. This is going to get busted. It's 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 busted now in the footage that you're seeing. It's busted later. Like, I am going to have fights in this game. Like, I've recorded all mine. You get the, you know, you've recorded act one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. I will almost guarantee you that all of my act one fights are as easy as yours with the full party because of this specifically. Huh? It's that broken. Huh? It is. It is just absurd. (laughs) It is absurdly powerful. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what that's what Balthazar has going on. I won't really need to talk about my build after this because it's going to be this the whole game. Huh. I'll talk about well, some like extra levels I get and like what I want, you know, the ways that this gets even better. But that is the well, Ticklevar can use sorcerer points to <laughs> take single target spells and make it hit a second guy. Yeah, that's two chromatic orbs for the price <laughs> of one. Mm-hmm. They both can miss is the problem. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a huge bummer. Actually. <laughs> when you like blow that skill, I got I got another skill that makes the. Uh, uh, I can increase the range of stuff by 50%. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Fireball don't miss at 150% range. No, no, that, that, that you would certainly be, everything would certainly be in range, but pain uh, don't hurt. Fireball don't miss. I, I mean, definitely too, but yeah, 
we should probably talk about camp because at this point you've got more people than even fit in your party, right? Yeah, I got one more person. Mm -hmm. I've banished uh, one person I never acknowledged, another person I banished into eternity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, camp is like this whole thing. Um, The game is based on the fifth edition action economy around camping. You know, you were talking about how fifth edition has these rules for camp. Um, camping and long rest, short rest, all this kind of stuff, and, and yeah. kind of people use them, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone like properly really use them correctly. This game like builds it into part of its core loop. Basically, every three, two or three big encounters you do, uh, after every one, you know, you do a short rest, and after you do two or three, you probably want a long rest. The game, the game narratively is certainly balanced around that. It's balanced around the idea that you were returning to the camp over and over again. Um, people just come and hang out. Um, Withers is there. He allows you to respec when you said he was going to meet us before. He's, I will see you before, or I will see you later at some other place. This is where he's going to meet you. He'll hang out. You can hire some hirelings with him. Some nonsense people. Did you, uh, did you get the rundown on what a hireling is in this game, by the way? Yes. They are people that the cult of the absolute killed. Mm-hmm. And Which I don't know are, what they are. I don't know what the cult of the absolute is by the time this is introduced to me. Correct. Same. Uh, and they're angry about it. Yeah. And they want even. Yeah. And apparently Withers believes I am in a situation to like help help them with that. And, I, yeah. and you know, I am. They're revenants from beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. Have pretty- you ever hired one? No. I have in another game. Mm-hmm. It's a real bummer. None of them have personalities. They all, they don't talk in Withers's voice, hmm. but it is Withers operating them. Oh. So they have their, like, voice. So if they're a dwarf, they have their voice. Hello. Voice. But it is Withers talking in his weird, cryptic, terse manner. It's a bummer. What do you mean? Like, when do you hear it? Like if you you can like click on them to talk, you can right click and talk and they're like, Uh you know, they they talk as if it is Withers puppeting them. Oh, got it. Weird. Yeah. I'm I'm you. So, yeah. So people just hang out here. If they're in your party, they're in your party. And if not, then they chill out here. But when you go to camp, everyone goes to their own little house. And and basically, this is where like narrative development happens amongst the companions and a few other what we might call like camp followers, people who just like hang out mm-hmm. um, like Volo. Volo eventually shows up. I got Volo to rip my eye out and replace it. Man, and that's I missed that. And every encounter mm. that I had with invisible enemies, I was like, I cannot believe I missed Volo. You can ask Volo to help try to remove the bug from your head. And he takes an ice pick out and jabs it into your brain so hard that you just start like spouting nothing nonsense because he's like fiddling with your brain. And then he pops your eye out. And then you go, Volo. My eyeball. He, he goes, drops it in the fear. mud. I have one for you. <laughs> and he gives you an eyeball that allows you to see invisibility. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. good stuff. It is good. My camp's empty. Uh, actually, you know, Asterian and Will is are like hanging yeah. there. Yeah. I'd never talk to them. There will sometimes be I will like go to sleep and it'll a box will show up and it will mm-hmm. say someone in your camp wants to talk to you. This I isn't going to matter for right now. 
but my camp is glitched all to hell to the point where I think it's going to prevent me from doing a bunch of stuff. Oh, no. Why? What, like, how so? Every time I go to sleep, it says you haven't talked to someone. That's not true. There's no one to talk to. You're 100% is, sure? I'm 1 billion percent sure. Are, are you sure about that? I'm 100. Bro, I'm so sure I've talked to everybody in the camp. But yeah, so it's and apparently is like a known issue. Hmm. Um, I I think I have a sense of why this is the case, but I can't talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the celebration. People don't know what that means, but I've had the celebration. It occurred. The game did not allow me to talk to anyone at the celebration. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Well, at we'll, all? we'll no see one? if there's any. And the game term. is pretending like it didn't happen. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm hoping a couple more uh, flags will get tripped and it might reset some stuff. One can only hope. Yeah. Maybe into act two. But yeah, my camp's all beefed up right now. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, we, we, we got some other area. We got several other areas we could talk about. What do you want to talk about? What do we have? Let me look at the list here. What we got to do. Um, Blighted Village. It's a village that has been attacked by gobos. And it has been taken over. And I walked into the village. It's it like kind of dead in the middle of the map. And mm-hmm. I walked into that village and I said, hey, I'm not here to mess with nobody. Leave me alone. And they said, okay. So we're good. Interesting. I did the same thing. There was a dialogue check where I could use mm-hmm. authority. And there's like yeah. illithid in, in uh, brackets next mm-hmm. to that. You can and you roll a DC. Juice. Yeah, you roll a DC two bug save. It's like keyed off of your wisdom. It's DC two just because they're like telling you, look, as long as you don't roll the critical miss, right? Yep. You'll get it. And and I got it. And I like exert my bug authority onto the goblins. And they leave mm-hmm. me alone. Uh, and I walk around. There's like but, but like the interesting thing is they're you can fail that check or you can not do that check and they will just waylay you from the roofs. It could be like a tough fight. There are a lot of ways into the blighted village, but there's like lots of folks like hanging around here. There's a group of ogres. There's a there's a bugbear having sex with an ogre in a barn. There's some goblins torturing a Sverf Neblin. There's a creepy uh, necromantic basement. Any of those strike your fancy? I talk. Are to you some in ogres. disbelief? Are you in disbelief right now about uh, about what? the sex scene? No, I think I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, that that's just not a part of Ticklevar's. It is, but I just did it when I was like trying to scrape up some XP. I think it sucks shit mm-hmm. up and down. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to three ogres. Yeah, and one one ogre, smart ogre. Other ogres, dumb ogres. Mm-hmm. And I convinced them they are, they're working for the Absolute because Absolute pays them in delicious foods and money. And I said, buddy, I'll let you eat anybody you kill for me. Yeah. in You know, in the middle, because there's eating people and not eating people, right? Sure. Those are the two options. I don't think you should have any extremes, right? People shouldn't just be randomly eaten. People shouldn't be randomly not eaten. Mm-hmm. I think the most efficient method is to systematize when people are eaten. 
Yep. And that's by putting all these ogres into a horn that I can honk and summon them. <laughs> yep. Make so sure to uh, make sure to honk that horn plenty of times in Act One. Because if you move I didn't on, honk it a single time because I forgot oh, about it. Oh no! Yeah, you can try to honk that horn in, in Act Two or later, and you get a funny little message. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't live here. Yeah, they, they don't live there, but that's uh, fun. I went down into there is a underneath where the goblins hanging out in that little house thing. You go under there. There's a blacksmith thing. Mm-hmm. A little blacksmith um, forge. Yeah. And it says, hey, uh, that you can make a masterwork weapon, but you need all this like other shit. Like stuff that you got to get down in the underdark. Sure. Yeah. Bark, bark from an evil tree. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. And then I started walking around even more and I could knock down a wall. And wouldn't you know, there's a giant spider cave in there. Phase spiders. So I didn't go in there for a while. I didn't yeah. come back to it. You want to talk about what's in there? Uh, we can talk about it later. I think that's like, okay. uh, for most people, that's going to be like a major route to the Underdark. So we'll, we'll That's interesting. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. Because yeah. that would not have been my... I mean, anyway, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, and then there is, as people have seen probably a million times in different ways, because it was like heavily promoted. There are some goblins with a uh, deep gnome on a... I was going to say a tilt-a-whirl, but that's wrong on a windmill. And you can rescue Mm-hmm. And I rescued him. I, yeah. I told the goblins to get the hell out of here. I persuaded them to leave. I rescued him, and he said, "My my friend, I, I gave him this medallion back when back forever, and I found it on a ruffian in Baldur's Gate. I've come to find my friend. Anyway, bye." And he mm-hmm. leaves. And I, uh, uh, we'll I, catch I, up with him later. I conked that little goblin on the head, and and the rest of the goblins ran away. Really, you were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah. Yeah, and what cool. what that is cool that like, actually I think that if you like get him into single digit hit points, he'll actually kind of interrupt with a dialogue. But I think I killed him from too high for him to even give me a chance to allow him to mm. surrender. Not that Balthazar would have done that. Mm-hmm. Cool. I did. I guess going back to camp, I did have a little bit of a weird interaction in my camp. What was that? Did you ever meet a bard in the Emerald Grove? Okay, yeah, it's it's easy to miss. And actually, like, my first playthrough, never saw her in the Emerald Grove. The character, like, appeared later in Axe for me. And oh, is this I, Alfira? That's correct, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did talk to her in a previous uh, in a previous game, uh, and uh, I remembered it, and I just didn't do it. Yeah, so easy to miss in the Emerald Grove. She's kind of, like, overlooking where the druids are, and you can, like, learn how to play an instrument while you're there. Um but anyway, I'm at camp one night. I'm I'm just getting tucked in. And Alvira go, go, show, going to Betty Bye? Shows up. Yeah, I'm going to Betty Bye. She interrupts me. She's like, hey, I need help. And huh. I was like, what? And she's like, I wanna I wanna travel with you. I need to travel with you. And I'm like, you need to get the hell out of my camp. And the weirdest thing happened. It really is so weird. You wouldn't even have you ever blacked out and then a, a bard's blood was all over your hands? Have I ever blacked out and there was a bard? I'm thinking. Um, have I? I don't think so. No, I'm pretty sure not. Yeah. So uh, I kind of just I black out 
I wake up. There's just this, the, Alvira's dead. I'm covered in her blood. Huh. And obviously, there's only one thing that could have happened, right? She obviously attacked me, right? And I, you know, defended myself, killed her. Is that, because what, you, I'm, is that what you think happened? I'm really good. Right? Is that the story you're telling? Yeah. I, I mean, look, what, what other explanation is there? Um, and, you know, obviously due to the, the stress and the, the trauma of being assaulted by this bard, you know, swinging her liar at my face, obviously, uh-huh. I, 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 you know, I, I can't remember exactly what went down. So, you know, I, uh, I just kind of leave the body in the camp. I'm, I'm not ashamed of, you know, defending my life. My one precious life. Is that is that what you think happened there? Well, you don't really know. The dialogue options give you a lot give you a lot of leeway when it comes to like, man, I don't know what's happening to me. That's the interesting thing about all the dark urge mm-hmm. stuff. Is there like yeah. two you can lean into it and be like, Yeah, I want that to happen. Yeah. Or you can like Yeah, I'm evil. Yeah. Or you can resist and be like, I'm really good and something weird's happening to me. <laughs> Where are these compulsions coming from? Uh, it's, it's, it's some affliction. There's a lot of dialogue options where you're like, man, is this the bug? Is the bug doing this to me? Oh, yeah. The whole bug in your brain. Yeah, is bug brain making me kill people? So huh. I go to bed. And then I get <laughs> I get visited by a little goblin in a top hat. <laughs> what you kill this gal in a, in a goblin in a top hat yeah that's like the next night that night i just kind of like oh hold on <laughs> yes we talking cespinar we're not he's got big cespinar energy but his name is scolaritus fell <laughs> and he says he says scolaritus yeah. fell scolaritus fell shows up and he's like oh master i'm your butler and you've lost your memory, but I'm your loyal butler, and you've done such wonderful things. I smelled that corpse from half a continent away, and that's how I found you. And he's got a little top hat on, and he's like, this is a part of your inheritance, and it's my honor to return your part of your inheritance to you. And he gives me a little cape that makes me go invisible every time I kill somebody. Oh. And it's called the Death Stalker's Mantle. And he says, boy, I'm really looking forward to working more with you, master. And, uh, you know, we're going to do great things together. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, more of your inheritance is to come. Huh. Yeah. Just a little update in, in Balthazar world. Is he going to make you do bad stuff? You know, I got to admit right now. I'll give you a little little foreshadowing. I don't mm-hmm. think he makes me do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Can you kill him? He has an interesting arc. <laughs> he arcs up and then down <laughs> on top of that blade. <laughs> He arcs up on the on the uh, point of the javelin, and then as it begins to sail toward the earth, he also arcs downward. <laughs> Impaled. Uh, wow. How about that? Remember, uh, remember me talking about how there were several people that could that were claiming that they could help out with our bug brain problem, right? Mm-hmm. 
And one of those people was like a very kind uh, lady named Auntie Ethel. And she said, hey, come on down. Come on down to the sunlit mm-hmm. wetlands. Yeah. Well, I figured, hey, let's check it out. Mm-hmm. I pop on down there, and there's like two ruffians accosting her. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit south of the Blighted Village, in case yeah. people are curious about the geography. Yeah, there's these two ruffians, and they're saying, hey, our sister Mayrina was hanging out with you, and I we ain't, we ain't seen our sister Mayrina since she's seen you. You're fake, they're saying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it sounds like these two guys, they're telling her what to do. Are they telling her what to do? Well, mm-hmm. actually, do you think they are? What, how, how, were, how did you react? I said, uh, well, you, what's you know, the there's, centrist There's position? kind of two extremes here, right? One yeah. is... There's an evil old woman, and the other extreme is there's evil young men, and we need to find a solution somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. which is, uh, hey, why can't we all get along? That's what I did. Gotcha. Okay. I said, let's let's have calmer heads prevail, and uh, no one liked that. Not a single person. <laughs> That's the, uh, no one liked that. Not, not at all, huh? No, not even a little. Did anyone like that? Well, dang. What happened here for you? What'd you do? Uh, didn't end well. Did you beat these kids up? Um, actually, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I think sometimes Balthazar just wants to let things play out. Uh huh. And uh, she like disappeared them. <laughs> and then she she like popped out of existence. Uh huh. Uh, so I, I like wander down and I, there's like a, uh, investigation check. I fail it. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what, nothing suspicious. It's a, it's a delightful little area. Mm-hmm. And I end up interacting with, a with some sheep. Do you see mm-hmm. these sheep like yeah. grazing? Yeah. They're having a grand time. They're having, I didn't even stop to look at them. I just thought, yeah, they're doing great. Yeah. So. There's something weird about them because I keep talking. I, I talk to one and there's like a lot of checks that I am failing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why am I failing checks on an interaction with a sheep? So I do the only thing Balthazar knows to do. And I throw a javelin at one of these sheep. <laughs> and the whole damn bog <laughs> gets transmogrified from a, a, a beautiful sunlit wetlands to a putrid toxic waste looking you know disaster and all of these sheep are red caps and i have surprised all of them and i turned them into pin cushions from 50 yards so red caps are um they are fey murderous creatures they got they got iron boots they they do mhm i know okay what are they doing there in the bog? Well, that's a great question, because when you interact with Auntie Ethel, she still looks like a kindly old lady, even though, like, her house is now super gross. Yeah. I, I assume it was not gross before this illusion faded. And mm-hmm. she's, like, telling uh, Mayrina, who's, like, eating some shepherd's pie or something. She's, like, force telling Mayrina what to do. Yeah. 
She's telling Marina, you need to eat that pie. You're eating for two. You need to eat it. Okay. Yeah. So Balthazar attacks Auntie Ethel. Oh. For for the sin of telling somebody what to do. Uh Uh-huh. Auntie Ethel turns into a a hag. Like a green a green hag. What? (laughs) That's not possible. Yeah, she does. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I also did this. Mm-hmm. First, I killed that monster hunter who was outside. Oh, I didn't even interact with him, but he's looking for Asterion, right? There's a guy who's hunting for a vampire named Asterion, <laughs> and uh, I just think it's immoral to be a monster hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicklevar looked at it, and of course, the two options are killing all monsters... Or killing no monsters. And I think that the solution's gotta be in the middle. Yeah. Killing some monsters. Which antithetical to the monster hunter deal. Who wants to kill all monsters? Only a monster hunter would deal in absolutes. That's right. That's exactly it. And so uh, I absolutely dealt with him. I'll tell you that. Whoa. Hey. Yo, he's dead. Anyway. Just mm-hmm. just closing that out in case people were curious. Yeah, I went in there. I got this thing from Auntie Ethel, and she was like, hey, I can get that noodle out of your head. I can get that old bug out of your head if you, uh, you know, think about it. But uh, if you let me re- replace one of your eyeballs. And then she said, wait a minute. You don't have an eyeball for me to replace because Volo already replaced one of my eyeballs. Oh, uh, yeah. So she wouldn't even offer it. And she was like, all right. See you later. And then she like poofed Marina out of existence and then she stopped talking to me. And so I then attacked her unprovoked. She teleported away um, and uh, it, we, I got to see a little cutscene thing where she like went down into her basement and then the red caps came and I killed them. Gotcha. And then, and then followed her down there. Is that roughly what happened with you? Uh, yeah, but I, uh, I was never offered the deal, attacked hmm. Auntie Ethel, almost killed her. Huh. In the single round of combat that I had in her house before she ran away. Huh. I like I was one crit away from a dead Auntie Ethel. In the it, first thing in it, her house. I mean, I'm sure it's gotta be possible, but very it is very possible. Hmm. It's very possible, and uh you know, it's a shame. But you know, I good thing that I didn't because you do get a great This is a great set piece dungeon. Mm -hmm. And it's also like the first, I would say, proper dungeon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll also, I I don't know if it's, it's the first like um, full service dungeon, right? Yeah. In the sense that it's like you get all the pieces of it. There's a little bit of an ecology, right? There's a little bit of puzzle. There's a little, there's just stuff to fight. You know what I mean? You get, you get all the things that a and d dungeon offers you. Um, as opposed to just like things to fight and attack, you know, which is like not the full deal. Correct. But also, I think another part of it is it's the first dungeon in my playthrough where you can't rest in it. There's like the mini maps red. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't. This didn't come up. But yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like I didn't have to that. do that because I'm just good enough. That sure. I don't have to always rest. But I see what you're saying for someone who you know, needs that 
this is it's a thing that you take away. It's got to hurt. I bet that hurt for you. You know, if if there's two things that uh, Balthazar is about, the first thing is not being told what to do and killing people to do. Yep. And the second thing is sleeping for months at a time, like (laughs) slamming on the long rest button until everyone he knows has like moved on with their life. Yeah. They're like, we hung out with Balthazar like a long time ago. He's like, when's the last time you saw him? Oh, well, I was looking for my sister. That was the only reason I was hanging out with him. And then he like went into hibernation one day. Mm -hmm. So I peaced out. But yeah, so Balthazar rests a lot. So it is a little bit onerous sometimes to to go into a lair and like have some set piece fights and and hazards and uh and have my resources dwindled away. The good thing is, like, as long as you're going in relatively fresh and you got some short rests in you, you can get some stuff. But I've only got so many rages in a day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, rocking what, three? Yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Hag's Lair is cool. There's, like, it's it opens up with, like, all these people that she's made deals with. And, and it did not work out for any, for any of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't interact with any of them, but you you can uh, you can like and also especially you can like come back here after you defeat the hag and see what they're up to. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it It's still bad. It's still not mm-hmm. good. Uh, you can fight some people that have masks on and the masks allow you to get past this door without interacting with it. But the problem is for every like round you have the mask on, there's a chance you just lose control of your character. And if you lose control of all your characters, the game just ends. Like you just, you've lost. You are now a part of the hag's lair. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, don't put on the mask. I tried to just knock all these people because you can hit a little button that's like non-lethal damage. Yes. Turns out you can't shoot an arrow non-lethally. Do you know that? No, yeah, I guess that's the tough part, right? Yeah. I wanted to to, to pierce their flesh non-lethally with an mm-hmm. arrow, but mm-hmm. it didn't work that way. Just shoot them in the kneecaps. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the arm. You know? Yeah. It is, doesn't work that way. So a couple of them got knocked out and a couple of them got uh, knocked to death. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's like this big... Like ju- like sequence where there's like all these you got to go on these roots and there's all of these gas vents. Um, mm-hmm. I just used a potion of featherfall and jumped all the way down and bypassed all of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, sounds like you did the same thing. That's not what I did, but okay. I mean, that's compelling now that you bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> It's what's what's great is you truly can like it's the, your, my jump mm-hmm. radius was just enough to like get past mm-hmm. all of it and you get it's like a first like proper boss arena of like a every like obviously yeah. Yeah. non-Gygaxian curated for the fight arena marina uh, marina marie what, what what was this name again Mayrina. Mayrina is dangling from a uh, cage in the middle of it. She's saying, go away, don't help me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the hag is just invisible around it, and the first thing she does when, she, when like, uh, you stumble upon her is she, like, tosses a fireball up there and sets the fence, you know, the cage on fire, and you're kind of forced to, like, you can fight her and ignore the cage, but Marina is going to, like, fall into a pit. Um, yep. So if you want to save Marina, you have to like hit a little button to lower the uh, the cage so that she can escape. But 
you know, mm-hmm. once you and think- then she and then she does a thing. So hags are tricky, you know. They do, yeah. She once you free Mayrina, she will clone herself as Mayrina, so you don't know who is Mayrina. Yes. Except so one is level one and her. yeah, one is level one and one is level five is the tell. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. it's tricky. It's fun. Y- yeah, it sounds tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what? How was? How was this fight? Was this Good. a fun fight? I think that the first, uh, the yeah, first playthrough of I the actually fight, waited. I actually mm-hmm. waited quite a. I think I was level five when I did it. Yes. Yeah. So. But yes, um, the the first time we did this, the first time we played, this was like a hard thing to do because we did it way too early. Correct. Yeah. If you do this yeah. at level four before the extra attacks, it is definitely. A problem. It can be a problem, um, especially because the hag can clone herself, like make three or four clones, and all of them have regular ass attacks. Mm-hmm. And if you attack a clone, she just like cackles at you, and the clone disappears. So it's kind of like you do if if you're if you're low level and you can't burn the hag down, um, you do are kind of in a situation where you're having to burn actions to get rid of these hags because they're shooting poison rays at you. You want me to tell you the easy way to do it? How's that? She makes three clones. Level one magic missile gives you three dudes. Ah, yeah. So you shoot all the dudes. Yeah. Well, real drawback to the solo barbarian build is I am spending the first turn always going into rage. You know what you Mm -hmm. can't do when you're in rage? What? Use any scroll. Oh. Can't cast read. any spell. Too mad to read. <laughs> yeah, too mad to read. <laughs> really hearkening back to the the roots of the barbarian class, which included like just a sentence about yeah, you can't read. yeah, yeah. You just don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, this was. I, I waited until level five with my uh with my returning pike and my three actions per turn. You know, two attacks mm-hmm. plus the bonus action, yep. which one of which is like. P- forcing her prone i get her down to like very low hit points and uh before i can kill her auntie ethel is like hey let's make a deal i you know if you kill me i'm just gonna come back i always have i'm gonna be a pain in your in your butt when i come back let me i can give you she just interrupts combat to tell you she does yes it didn't happen to me there are clones around and she like de-summons them and talks Mm -hmm. She's and like, she's, hey, 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 hey. We've been correct. having a good time with this clone yeah. thing. But. Yeah. Um, and she's like, but it's a, it's, a, it's a pain in the butt for me to die. So how about I give you a very special deal? I can give you uh, power, anything you want, intelligence, strength. And it will literally, in parentheses, unspoken in the dialogue, it says plus two to any ability. Whoa. And she's like, all you got to do is let me take Marina. And I intimidate her and I say, I want both. I want the special deal you just gave and I want you to free Marina. What? And I, I, I do it. I do an intimidation check, which because of my haunted one background, I do have proficiency in. <laughs> and uh, and I like uh-huh. I mean mug the hag into giving me both. So she frees Marina and I get plus two to strength. What? Yeah. This is some horse shit. So I, uh, so that's really great. I'm able to, 
resp you know after this i can respec and like lower my strength like back down to you know 17 oh, to 12 well i respect i respect my strength up to 17 because i've got one strength from tavern brawler that takes yeah. me to 18 and then uh -huh. with the plus two that takes me to 20 so now God. my uh my all my throwing has like plus 10 to attack and damage what which about is more shit which is great and so yeah th th I, I freed marina did you free marina i did free marina Mm -hmm. I just did it by beating the the hag to death. Yeah, sure. As one uh, morally is obligated to do because they're yeah. evil and bad. Sure. Um, did you read all the notes about it? Yeah, she's like having correspondence with people in with another hag. With another hag, yeah, yeah. They're like that. They they figured Mayrina out. Mm hmm. They identified her as a potential candidate. Hag target. Mm -hmm. You you gotta you gotta be on the lookout. You know, that, like everyone's should when you're like 13, you should take a safety course. It's like how not to be a target for hags. There is such a funny book. I don't know how many books you've read in game. Yeah, there's like a guide to hags, and there's like sea <laughs> hags. Uh -huh. you, have, do you know this book? No, I didn't see this one. I've read yeah, several books, but I haven't seen this one. Yeah, it's a guide to hags, and like it, it's it's describing a lot of hags, and like one and like an example is it goes through three, and the second one's like, oh, it's sea hag. Oh, these are treacherous, awful, ugly. You know, it, it, you know, you need to be aware, aware, very wary if you're living in the coast and there's some, you know, old woman offering some kind of you know medicinal remedies, and people mm -hmm. start going missing, and then it gets to the green hag. It's the last section. These are beautiful creatures. That no one would ever <laughs> cast aspersions on a on a green hag. They're beautiful and gorgeous and and benevolent creatures. It's great. That's fun. It's really good. That's but, uh, good. But yeah, there's a lot of like lore you can find. There's some like there's some cool treasure in the in the hag layer. Um and uh yeah, you could there's a teleporter out to just outside mm -hmm. the the hag hut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because did you fit did you finish up Mayrina's quest? I did. Marina was at the Hag. She was hanging out with Auntie Ethel, and this is why she kept saying, hey, quit, don't save me, don't save me. Her husband was dead, and she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. She was going to sell her baby to the Hag to bring her husband back to life. Lo and behold, I found the magic wand that'll bring his ass back to life. You know what it does? It brings him back to life. It does 100%. It, you know... This does not increment the genie counter. No. But this is some real genie logic. It's true Wishmaster shit. It is absolute Wishmaster shit, because he comes back to life. He's a zombie. What'd you do for that? Did you just kill him? Oh, well, I uh, I use the, the wand. It's yeah. called Bitter Divorce. That's fun. Um, and I use the wand, and she's like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. And I said, what did you expect? She was a hag. Yeah. And and, and she was like, well, give it to me and we'll go back to Baldur's Gate. And I was like, I'm not giving you this. This is really useful to be able to summon a zombie. You so kept, kept her guy? Yeah, I kept the wand. He he you likes me. You kept now. her husband? Well, yeah. Oh, God. You're, if you're solo, if you're a solo character, you got to take all the action economy you can get. Well, I uh, I gave her to her husband and he they went to Baldur's Gate. <laughs> so I guess I'll see him later. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, last stuff. There's gotta be one more thing to talk about here, right? Well, you know, here's the thing. Oh yeah. We did, Easy. 
you know, there's a there's a big thing. There's an arc with like this area in the map called Joaquin's Rest. It's on fire. You can like free Counselor Floric from the flames. I'll run through it. It's an inn. Yeah. There was a flaming fist group there. Also, there was a dude named what's his name? Ravenguard. Raven Duke Ravenguard. He was there. You show up, Drow have attacked it, goblins have attacked it, killed a bunch of the Flaming Fist people. I accidentally really insulted the Flaming Fist person, totally on accident, who was praying over their dead friend. I sent Carlac in. She's on fire all the time. We'll talk about that at some other time. Had a very funny thing where I opened up a uh, room that was on fire. Backdraft happened, blew Carlac all the way through the building going to be good in the you're watching it right now in the video it's very funny <laughs> saved a guy who uh, whose wife died uh-oh huge mistake mm. saved some lady she said hey duke ravenguard's been captured by goblins and drow go figure it out i said all right why me and she said and this is almost true you're an adventurer and you're the protagonist of this goddamn video game go figure it out <laughs> yeah that's why I'm giving you the quest, nerd. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what happens in Joaquin's Rest. A more interesting thing is what you can find in the barn. In the barn. What'd you find in the barn? Um, I found a whole Zentrum complex that they're preparing to demolish. Mm-hmm. The Zentrum are from uh, Zentil Keep, originally. Mm-hmm. They're evil black market. They're lawful evil black markety guys. Yeah. They are initially commanded by Manchun, uh, who was like uh, like number two to the god Bane. Mm-hmm. So they, they got some stuff going on historically. Go into their little house and uh, their little zone. I read a little thing that says some guy named Gortash is like eating their shit in Baldur's yeah. Gate. It bad for business. Bad for business. Interesting. Arms but, dealer Gortash. Mm-hmm. But you went in there. What What happened in there? Um, there is a, you know, I, there's kind of like a, a point where the pathway, there's this precipitous drop down into like a gully in the cave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this Zentrum mercenary, they're kind of like, they're almost a thieves guild, but they're, they're like, yeah. a mer- they're a criminal organization. Yeah. Um, and this this woman named Zaris shouts out. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? You need to tell us who you are. And I roar at her. Like, that is an option. It is barbarian berserker in brackets roar. roar. Okay. And she's like, did you just roar? Man, you got guts. You got some, you got some, uh, <laughs> some chutzpah for just coming in here and roaring. How about you come down, come over here? I'll give you a quest. This is a real uh, 4.45 p.m. solution, I'll tell you that. <laughs> just have a roar. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and it turns out I've got exactly what she's looking for because I've kind of like popped through the map. I found mm-hmm. what she was looking for and I gave it to her and it opened up some great items at her little one of her little mm-hmm. underlings. Yeah. I got some gloves that give me advantage on sleight of hand checks, which is going to like allow me to interact with locked things. Uh huh. Yeah, which is would be very difficult otherwise. Now, I'm gonna point out a contradiction here. Sure. 
there's slavery going on with his interim. It's interesting. Here's the thing. It's interesting. It's the first thing you said. That's fascinating. Yeah. I don't talk to enough people in here to even know that the painter is is like enslaved. I literally just like in that playthrough, we're getting uh-huh. into like we're getting into like the 20 hour mark on act one. And I'm like, you know what? I know what I'm here for. Yeah, it's it, this is a business arrangement. I'm not so here to think there are like I'm not five, here to be consistent. There are five other people like milling around there. A lot of them are just like planting explosives. And Zara says it's because of the drow raid. And she suspects that like the flaming fist are going to look for somebody to blame. And it just so happens they have a hideout under the sin. So, you know, they need to destroy the hideout. Um, So, you know, I, I talk to her. I, I interact with the merchant. I grab a couple of things um, there and I peace out. That is like my, level of interaction here you can like explore this area there comes a point if you do explore the area where they all go hostile and they're like yeah you're you're somewhere where you're not supposed to be and Mm -hmm. um you know there's other stuff you can do but i at this point i am like level five i am ready to move on so i do not interact but i I, it's like a painter do you interact with a painter the painter yeah hell yeah i did yeah, I saw a deal? painter enslaved and Ticklevar. <laughs> I look, I don't have to go through it like I've done every other time, but if there's an extreme on both ends, mm-hmm. you have to find the compromise in the middle. Yeah. And so I purchased the painter. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. That's and it. So he's going back to Baldur's Gate. Did you did you uh I, I believe from a previous playthrough, if you do yeah. purchase him. Yeah. He will say, thank you so much for buying my freedom. Yeah. But it traveling's tough. Do you have anything extra to give me? Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> that that's the centrist position. Yeah. You free him, but you yeah. don't give him, like, the luxuries of, of uh, you know, nice He wants booze. No. <laughs> oh, God. That's what he says. He says, oh, I guess I have to be dry the whole way. Uh, I'm also going to be honest. There was a, at the time I was doing this in act one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm going to meet the, the Zentrum later. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to have the option later. There, there might be some choices later about the allegiance of like, do you choose the Zentrum or do you choose another criminal organization? Mm. And you know, Balthazar is like, ah, oh, let's keep that door open. Hmm. So, Yeah. That was uh that was that. Did you have you ever opened the missing shipment that that Zaris is looking for? Uh no. Yeah, you know what I'll, it is? I'll say more about that in a future episode. Oh, okay. Gotcha. We'll leave it there then. That was uh that was Joaquin's rest and you know what? Duke Ravengard, Will's dad, but that's not information we have because neither of us have Will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll never work out. Never matter. Okay. Well, I think that's it. That's that some of the it. random stuff that you can do in the wilderness. Um, next time, we will be back to talk for, about some story stuff. Yeah, for actually the climax of Act 1. Like, truly. Weirdly like, enough, yeah. And then we're going to have a couple more episodes about the rest of the stuff that is definitely after the stuff that is going to be in next episode, which is like mm-hmm. when everything comes to a head, but it's mm-hmm. like just still stuff in this act. It is not act two. Now, but- notably in this uh, thing that you have produced for us, you didn't say a single thing about uh, the gnolls, which will I need d- to be in the next episode. 
Yeah, so actually I did. That is under the Risen Road. Where is the Risen Road? So the oh, Risen Road here. contains the Toll House, the Cave, uh-huh. the yeah. Knolls, etc. But you didn't mm-hmm. talk about the Knolls. Didn't talk about the Knolls, no. Let's talk about the Knolls now. We'll start next episode by talking about the Knolls. Put it in the spreadsheet. Put it in yeah. the thing. We'll talk, because the Knolls are like a problem for people. They Players you know, of this game hate the Knolls. It is a problem for people, and, you know, also, problem for the Tieflings. Problem for me. Problem for you. I would say, yeah, major, major point. So we'll we'll start it. I think it's like, and for a lot of people, the tough bottlenecky fight. So it makes sense. You, you do the Knolls, and then you're definitely ready. If you can do the Knolls, you can do the next part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll do that. Okay, well, uh, patreon.com slash ranged touch in order to support the show. Uh, we only spread by word of mouth and we're entirely self-funded. I mean, not self-funded, but we, we only get money from listeners, right? I don't have any, there's no uh, big, big big advertiser saying, hey, let me run, let me run ads in your thing. Casper you know mattresses, I mean? they're not paying for Casper, this. They're not doing that. I mean, there are several very funny brands that have that have tried, and I've said no, thank you. And also, that's not enough money. <laughs> um, but no, we're entire listeners supported. So, Patreon.com/slash/RangeTouch that buys all these like many, many dozens of hours of things that we have uh, been involved with here, and uh, we have all kinds of other shows, including the Range Touch Monthly Show at five dollars a month, where you can hear us talking about just random stuff, as well as many, many other shows like the bonus episodes for just king things the show that michael lutz and i do about reading stephen king in publication order the bonus episodes for shelf by genre the podcast that me and michael and austin walker do together where we talk about genre literature we're about to start Earthsea, or we'll be in Earthsea when this comes out um so check all those things up uh it's really great hit subscribe if you haven't already subscribed hit like if you haven't already uh hit like and for the algorithm leave a comment Leave a nice comment. Say you like the show. Tell me about your favorite thing. Danny, what's the uh, what's the question they should answer down in the comments? Ooh, they should they should say, of all of the people and monsters and enemies that we discussed in this episode, who gave you the toughest time? Who gave you the toughest time in this part of Act One? But yeah, next episode we will be finishing up uh the basically like the goblin part. We talked about that in the last episode. The goblin stuff, what we will resolve. And then we'll have a couple other extra things going on in episodes after that before we move on to Act 2. So come back in two weeks to learn a little bit more about a goblin. And uh, we'll be back soon. Ciao. So say the wise alone.